0: to stay connected to the love of God and I don't mean just like oh I'm so in love and love of God means identity but it means war because you know who you are you're willing to war and fight for what the enemy is trying to come against you with 1 John 4, four It says, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, if the church would just stop right there at that scripture and say, wait, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Do you know how much you would be able to walk in the supernatural world? lifestyle how much you'd be able to walk in faith in complete victory like where you see it not just head knowledge see we got a lot of christians that have a head knowledge they have an understanding of who they are in christ but they don't see the ma- they don't see it manifest in their life but you know what? it's not going to be you because i'm constantly teaching on this and you're getting it see i'm getting it <laughs> i'm getting it because i'm not just teaching it it's also being demonstrated what did paul say not in persuasive words with wisdom or human wisdom, but in the demonstration, right, of the spirit and of power. So, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to First, First Corinthians, chapter two, and in verse four, it says, "In my speech and my preaching, were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and in power, that your faith." Should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because when your, your faith is resting in the power of God, that's when you see the demonstration of God manifest in your life. It's not that hard. It really isn't. But, it, but it, we receive it through childlike faith. Let's, let's jump up to verse 2. It says, For I determine, this is Paul. The Apostle Paul, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So he's saying, listen, I know a lot of things. I mean, I was raised and groomed by the best, but he said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He is saying, I am making a decision that no matter what I've been taught you can take all of the all the um you know all the all the years of of him sitting you know and just being fed and being and being taught and he all everything that he was taught of the law everything that he was taught he's saying I am kind of pushing that aside right now because he's saying the only thing the only thing that is the, it's, what's most important is Jesus Christ and him crucified. You guys, this is a huge statement. Because we're talking about somebody with a lot of head knowledge, a brain, right? Somebody very brainy. You would call them, oh, the, you're, they're, you know, the theologic, they're a theologian. And, and, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what he is realizing is, is that all of that learning, but void of the true power of God, the love of God, that is a problem. The awesome thing for Paul was is that he had all of that learning. But then when he had his Damascus Road experience, then he received the love of God as well. And that's what made him so powerful. Amen. So there's a place for teaching and for learning, absolutely. Absolutely. But not when that becomes a block to your walking in the power of God, in the love of God. Because we also have the same decision to make in our life. It says, little children, First John 4, 4. He says, have, you have overcome because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So you're an overcomer because Christ is, has already overcome, right? Amen. So in Colossians 1.27, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery we've talked about before. But the sacred mystery is, is the living expression of Christ in you that you walk with. It's not just a head knowledge. It's something you walk experientially so, with. Right? The reason that most people don't walk in victory is because they've accepted a head knowledge or a surface level understanding. Right? They've accepted a surface level understanding of who God is but they have not pressed into who they are in him. And that's a big difference, right? They have not pressed into who they are in Christ. We're going to go to Romans 8, and in verse 30 we're going to start in 35. Romans eight, thirty-five. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, he, the, the word here, he's, he's encouraging us. To know that you're not being, you will never be separated from the love of God. God is saying, I'm pouring out my love over into you, into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you walk with this, you that's when you see God's abundance. That's when you see the miraculous breakthroughs, But you got, staying in this mindset. So he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know what, church? There are people that are separated from the love of Christ, and that's why they can't walk in the miraculous. Because we tend to read scripture that is familiar, and then we don't really think about what the Lord might be saying to us right now. With the amount of learning that you have received, it's layer upon layer, and so is revelation, right? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Obviously, we know the answer is no one can, but people do if you let it when you get a revelation of the divine mystery that lives on the inside of you that the mystery which is Christ in you is no longer a mystery it is christ in you the hope of glory that's when you say who shall separate me from the love from the love of christ i have the divine mystery which is now christ dwelling inside of me his spirit alive in me then he says shall tribulation no shall distress or persecution separate me from christ no Shall famine or nakedness or peril or sword, sword, shall it separate me from the love of Christ? No. Nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. If nothing is going to separate you from the love of Christ and you're filled with the love of God, then that means you're filled with the power of God. That's when things happen. It says, goes on, it says, as it is written, for your sakes we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter, yet... Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. You're not more than a conqueror just because you carry your Bible around. You're not more than a conqueror just because you show up to church twice a week. You are more than a conqueror through him, through Christ who loves you, who loves you. You are more than a conqueror because you've received the love of God. This is what happened to Paul. This man with great wisdom, this man that was taught the best of the best. He was taught from the best of the best. And he knew. And people looked at him like, wow, like he really knew his, he knew. He knew the Old Testament. He knew the law. He was a respected man. But it wasn't until. The love of God had to do a kind of a radical thing and knock him off his horse on the road to Damascus. It wasn't until this man of God had had to go blind for three days, right? And when he went blind for three days, then when he was blind, he finally could see. Who goes blind and then finally sees? Paul did. We all do. We all do. Some of you right now may feel blind. Well, that's a good thing, spiritually blind. Maybe you're not even sure what I'm even talking about for some of you. That's probably a good thing. Because until you realize your lack and your need, you're not going to be able to go forward. But in your lack, in your need, you need to cry out to God. And that is what Paul did. This is Acts 9 and in 3, verses 3 and verse 4. So he says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul... Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul was persecuting the Christians. We know this. He was pulling them out of their houses and he was having them stoned because they were Christians. And then the Lord said, well, verse five, and he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He's having an encounter right there. He's hearing the voice of the Lord. He says, is, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. You know, a goad is a, pointed piece of wood to urge a stubborn ox into motion. But the Bible says that stubbornness is as the sin of idolatry. 1 Samuel 15 and 23 talks about stubbornness like the sin of idolatry. And so he's saying, why are you being so stubborn? Why are you acting idolatrous? Why? You're you're walking in idolatry. Why? Because you know too much or you think you do. He says, but I'm about ready. I'm about ready to take you into an encounter that's going to leave you so changed that you're never going to go back to the same old person that you were before Saul, right? As we know that God changed his name, as he did to many others in the Bible, and as he's done with us. But when he changes your name, he changes your identity, and that's exactly what he was doing with, with him right now, with, with Saul. And so he says, Verse 6, so he was trembling and, he, and astonished. Lord, what do you want me to do? Right response. Say, so he had the right response. Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay. And the Lord says, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. They're hearing, right? They're, see, they're, they're hearing this voice, but they don't see. And then Saul, Saul arises from the ground. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no one was so basically he was blind. And they led him by the hand, and they brought him into Damascus. And he went three days without sight, and neither did he drink. Right? And then we know there's Ananias, and, you know, God then goes and urges Ananias to go do what he needed to do. And he's like, no, Lord, he, we, I've heard what he does. He's wicked. He's mean. He said, like, go do it. And, and when you jump down to verse 15, the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentile kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name. Look at verse 17. Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Was Ananias there when this happened? No. No. What is going on? There's no witchcraft here. There's no going to some shaman here. There's no no crystals that are at work here. This is the power of God, church. The world is so hungry for the true power of God. When they don't see it, they go into the world to try to find it, and they end up more deceived than they were before and in a whole lot of trouble. But the church needs to rise up and walk in the power of God simply because it was given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ as you walk in one with him as one how can two walk together unless they are agreed are you in agreement with the Lord in your spirit man not just in your intellectual in your mind are you in agreement because when you're in agreement with him in your spirit what happens is is that then you start to walk in the supernatural power of God's love, which then transfers to the supernatural power of God's healing and deliverance. It's easy to go from there, to see people in God's eyes, you know, through God's eyes, because you're walking in the love of God. and then it's, And then it's easy to walk in the miraculous. But God wants all of us to he do this. In verse 18, immediately... There fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. Like scales, yes, like scales. When you see something in the spirit, it is your job to deal with it and remove it. I want you to go over to verse twenty one and twenty two, because it said all that heard were amazed. They all were amazed. People see people getting healed they're amazed. People see people getting delivered they're amazed. Maybe not you guys cuz you see it all the time. But people would see it and they get amazed, right? But look at this. All who heard and they were amazed and they said, "Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem has and it says and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests?" Went, what in the world's going on here? There's a shift, there's a twist in the plot here. Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. What happened? Saul increased all the more. He increased the strength. He increased in strength, and he confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving the very opposite thing of what he had set out to prove in the first place. Because why? Why? identity because when he had his damascus road experience he was knocked off his horse the he became who who Christ called him to be he actually just stepped into it his identity now was found in Christ when you know who you are in Christ your identity in him there is nothing that you're going to be afraid of there's nothing that will stop the move of God in your life because you won't let it because you know who you are. You know who you are. And so the wisdom of God increases, the strength of God increases, and you truly walk in one as one with him. It wasn't just Paul that had this, uh, this encounter with, Lord, with the Lord and then, and then had his, his life really bring forth the glory of God because see I really believe that when you encounter the love of God your life begins you know the love of God so transforms you you know sometimes people go oh I need I need to I need to um call intercessors and I need to have you know a bunch of intercessors to pray for me right now like I feel all this warfare I need to I need to gather some people to intercede for me that's fine we believe in prayer Everything you need, you actually have already on the inside of you. When you stay connected to the love of God, first of all, Jesus is always interceding for you. He's seated at the right hand. He's, already, he's always interceding. Okay. When you stay connected to the love of God, the warfare loses its power. You may still see it. Everybody else may still see it, but why is it? that you don't seem to be affected by it. Why is it that you still seem to walk right through it as if it wasn't there? Because you stay connected to the love of God. If I didn't stay connected to the love of God, every time I'd come to one of these miracle services, don't you know that the demon also set, demons also set up people to come to try to be a roadblock to stop the move of God, which is what he tried to do tonight. If I was not connected to the love of God, then you know what? You wouldn't see a thing. We'd close our doors, we'd go home, and that's it. Nothing would happen you Have to stay connected to the love of God. And I don't mean just like, oh, I'm so in love. And love of God means identity, but it means war. Because you know who you are, you're willing to war and fight for what the enemy is trying to come against you with. You're willing to fight for it. You're willing, and you're not going to take no for an answer. Right. So you have a lot of Christians that actually disconnect From the love of God, because the fear becomes bigger than the love of God. When I say the love of God, I'm talking about the love of God, which equates also the power. But they disconnect because the fear became bigger than the love. Fear can never be bigger than love. It never is. But is it in your mind? Mm -hmm. And so when it is in your mind, and sometimes it is in your mind, it's bigger than the love of God. That's when you walk powerless. That's when the enemy gets an advantage. That's why I even said to you, don't let him, when he tries to come back, kick that thing out. Tell him to go. I don't care what he wants to call himself. He can call himself every, every name in the book, and he thinks he's all pious and high and almighty. No, he's not. He's a crumb on the ground. Amen. Warfare. Learning your warfare. Learning how to stand in the love of God. You know, these men that I'm going through today, we're talking about Paul. I'm going to talk about Job, and I'm going to get to Jacob. I'm going to get to him quick because there's a thread. There is a thread, and the thread is is that when they had an encounter with the Lord, their identity changed, and these men that were operating in the flesh now operate in the spirit, and you see miraculous things done in their lives. Job 42, and in verse 5, Job said this. He says, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes see you. First he heard, and many people have their ears that hear, but their eyes don't see. Their ears hear, but they are their eyes do not see. This is what Job said. He says, I had heard, but I didn't see. Now I repent in sackcloth, in ashes, and now I see what you had always had for me the whole time. And when he did that very thing is when God gave him back, actually blessed him double, right? He lost everything, but you cannot effectively bring somebody to the king's table when you yourself are still eating crumbs that fall from the master's table. You may have enough for you, but are you bringing anybody else to the king's table? You can't effectively do so. You know, if you're still eating crumbs that that fall from the table, how are you going to actually be the hands and feet of of Jesus? How are you going to go and be, how are you going to go and give the love of God? right? But God never asked you to eat the crumbs that fell from the table, right? Told you to come and sit, pull up a chair, sit at the table. So why do you feel separated from the love of God at times? Because remember what the word said, we read it already in Romans 8. It says that you will, nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ, who is Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Right? So, when we feel separated from the love of God, we need to remember it's time to reconnect. It's simple. It's really simple. So, we're not going to overcomplicate it. Just, it's time to reconnect. How? Your mindset. Mindset shift. It's really simple. Mindset shift. Remind yourself who you are in Christ. Remind yourself of the love of God. Remind yourself that you are literally housing the Holy Spirit and that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Remind yourself that you're not going to allow any any diabolical assignment to come near your dwelling place. You're certainly not going to let it in. You're not going to allow it even to come around you because you value who Christ is, but you also value who you are in him. There's this false humility a lot of times in Christianity that they think, well, we're just crumbs, we're just nobodies, but it's just all, all God, you know, and we're nothing. That's not even Christian. Now, the part that they're trying to say, which is true, is your humility, you know, that you realize the power relies and stays and remains in Christ, but it, Christ is in you. So it's now the power of God working through you, Right? But when, when you have a healthy identity of who you are in Christ, you realize it's not that, oh, God is, is, is here and you're so low and beneath him. You walk together with him. You know, when God needed to do something, he used a man. He used a person. Amen. He's doing the same with you. Yes. He wants to move through you. He wants to use you. He wants to move through you. So sometimes we, we just really have to ask the Holy Spirit to, to help us understand this. Because this is where the deception, this is why people don't walk in the fullness of what they could walk. I'm trying to explain this as best I can. This is why people don't walk in the fullness of what is available. It's right here. The stumbling block. They don't think they can it's all God, none none of them. That's not true. It's not just it's all God and it's none of you. You need to be in partnership. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? Don't you know that God is looking for your agreement to actually bring things to pass? He's looking for your agreement. You are co-heirs with Christ. Are you not? The blood of Jesus is on the inside of you. Like I come here, I'm like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do today? It's not, Lord, what are you going to do? I know God's going to do it, but he's looking for my partnership. He's looking for your partnership. He's looking for you to say, we're going to move that mountain in the name of Jesus. You've already shown it to me. You've already shown And so now I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to decree that God's going to heal arms and shoulders. Or I could say, well, I'm just going to wait. I don't want to step out in faith. What if it was wrong? Well, you know what? There you go. You just separated yourself from the love of God. You just separated yourself from the love of God. Right? And so if you have inc- the encounters that these men that I'm referring to here tonight, these encounters that they had brought them into the right identity, which caused them to walk in power. Just before this, this, this um, incident, we know what was happening was is that he was going to go meet his brother, Esau, his worst nightmare. He was fearful of this. He didn't want to have to do this. He knew how they last left off, right, when he, when he took his birthright. God touched the socket of his hip just before he had to meet his estranged brother Esau, Whom he had taken the birthright from, just before his greatest fear he had to face, his greatest fear, came this encounter that God transformed and equipped him so that he could face any circumstance, so that he could face his brother, but that he also could face any circumstance. And you can read it, it's in Genesis 32, yeah, so Jacob, so he has this encounter all night, you know, he's wrestling with God, and Jacob called the place where he wrestled, you know, Peniel, and he says, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. He saw God right there again. He had an encounter with the God that loves him, but needed to prove to him, Jacob, you cannot keep living the way you were living in the past, trying to make things happen in your own strength. You cannot continue to live the You need an encounter with me. An encounter with me is going to cause you to now walk completely different. Because now you're walking because you've seen the face of God face to face. And your life has been preserved. And then we know that he changed his name. The, what he took from that was a name change. You know, he, uh, Jacob, deceiver right? And then he says, no, I'm gonna, now you're Israel, which means governed of God. It means the uh, prince with God or governed of God. Now he's, uh, your name is changed. Why? Because your identity is changed. And again, when your identity is changed, when words, changed into who you were always created to be, it's not like changed into something new. It was actually always allotted for you, even before the creation of time. Because God already knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. So it was actually already there. You just didn't know it. So how many other things are there that you also don't know? We have to think this way, right? Because I'm telling you, revelation comes as we seek and press into him. And he wants to give us so much more. Because if we're going to walk in increasing abundance and in power, the power of God, then we really have to know love is the core, is at the core, the love of God, not to detach, to stay connected at all times, no matter how you feel, no matter what comes again, no fear, any offense, any any um, frustration, any unbelief, whatever, you'll sense it, you'll get rid of it, so you stay connected to the Lord. Amen.